Taking the kid's father. Okay. Oh yeah. Uh, let me ask you: Would you all do it next week? Next week's communion week. I'm, I'm, I'll be here to do the communion, but if you all do the. Have your, whatever you're working on your message next week will be fine. You want to do it? If they want to do it next week, you're more than welcome. I'll, I'll come prepared, but you know, if you want to do it, it'll be fine. So today was the first day in Pleasant Hill. You've done their service, and they were sort of. A little bit nervous, and of course, y'all done it before, so you're beyond that stage. So, but uh, we do look forward to the youth doing and uh, participating and being part of the services. So, and I don't see the good part. Okay, hadn't uh, hadn't got back to that again. Well, it is good to see everybody this week. Uh, missed you last week. I wonder where everybody was at, <laughs> but. Uh, if last week's will be indicative of January, I'm glad it's gone out of the way, over with. So we, uh, I told somebody Tuesday I'm going to play golf. It'll be up in the 70s, so it'll be uh, golfing weather Tuesday. So, uh, But uh, 
couple things. Now, you said your Valentine's dinner is at 5 o'clock on the 14th, okay? Per, uh, Pleasant Hill is having Rick Strickland there to sing that night, so I scheduled their singing at 7 o'clock. I told them I had to be here at 5 o'clock, and uh, they, they're going to have uh, some refreshments, and then Rick Strickland, so they're going to have the refreshments first, and then have the singing. So I, I told them that's when you serve two churches, you've got to give each church equal time. A week from Wednesday night on the 10th, that is Ash Wednesday. Have you ever done an Ash Wednesday service? Well, we've got one scheduled here. <coughs> Last year, it was a pleasant hill. And by rotating around, uh, the things we did last year will be done here. Ask Wednesday service. I need to know what time you want to do it. Okay. Seven. Okay. Uh, of course, what we do, that's the day we put the ashes on your forehead. Everybody familiar with that? So. Uh, but we'd have a regular service that night at 7 o'clock, okay? Uh, then, with Easter coming up, the week, well, from Palm Sunday to Easter, you know, we, for the last several years, we have had this uh, rotating uh, Holy Week services. Last week, last year, we had it here, I guess, on Wednesday night, which is your all's normal meeting night. Do you all want to participate in that again? Be the same way we did it last year. We'll have probably five different churches we go to. Each night we'll go to a different church. Uh, whenever, if we're here, whatever night we're here, there'll be somebody besides me who will do the speaking. That way it give you an opportunity to hear somebody else. So uh, be thinking about that. Uh, that will be, like I say, the uh, week between the Palm Sunday and Easter. Uh, sunrise services. Last year I was at Pleasant Hill. This year I'll be here. So we'll get more time and everything on that closer we get to uh, uh, our sunrise services. Uh, as I mentioned to you probably a couple weeks ago, Susan Smith, who is the assistant in the district uh, superintendent's office, has got uh, lymphoma. She's going to be taking chemo for at least two weeks. Uh, we'll be out of the office for those two weeks. So that's going to affect the work of the district office if you need to get in touch with the district office for any reason. Uh, Laura and uh, Marie will be there uh, from 10 o'clock till 2 o'clock during the daytime. So if you need to contact them, keep those hours in mind. Ten till two, uh, and it'll be Laurie or uh, Marie who will be speaking to. Uh, I guess that's all I need to get caught up on. Uh, anything that uh, else we need to bring up that we've not mentioned? Uh, if not, as we get ready to go to the Lord in prayer, who do we need to lift up today in our prayer request uh, certainly uh, I was sorry to hear about John went Friday night when I saw that on Facebook 
I know, uh, of course, Gail and I both have diabetes, and I know what she's going through, and it's uh, certainly sad to hear that, so we want to remember not only John, but also uh, J.R. and Rosanna and, uh, I guess, uh, Ron and uh, Alita, say go, go through these days ahead with John and uh, working with him on his diabetes, so lift them up today. Others? Okay, and I guess our normal two, Barbara and Carla, they usually have the same ones unless someone needs to add to it. So just remember uh, Carla and uh, Barbara, if they uh, have their uh, family needs that they've mentioned past several weeks for us, so we want to remember them. Uh, remember Shelton, Georgia, and Still looking for Shirley to come back with you one of these days. So, uh, what about the treatments? Uh, What's well, the result? I had to reschedule it because of the snow, so I won't figure it out until the 11th. So, you don't know any of the results? You don't know what the yeah, effect of Okay, so still remember her as she goes through waiting anxiously, I'm sure, the uh, yeah. <laughs> results of what the these treatments that she went through to take. So let's remember her. Remember me, preacher. My blood pressure's still high. My, my feet and legs are swelling. I don't know what they're going to do about that. They haven't seen any different pills. Okay, remember Brenda and her uh, knees. Good to see Menace back with us today. And Irene. Uh, trying to see if anybody else have missed uh, the, the missed I guess everybody else has been here last time we met. Uh, so, are there others we need to? Irene, what about your sister? Is she uh, about the same. About the same. Uh, now, is she home now or no, she's still not? Okay. Remember Lucille. Uh, also, uh, the snow sort of got me behind. I need to get back and see uh, Tobe and. Uh, Go by and see uh, Angeline while we're there at the uh, nursing home. Try to do that tomorrow. Uh, my friend Alice Reed, she's not feeling too good. Alice? Uh-huh, Reed. And remember Dorothy Walker. I believe you said she's in the nursing home too, right? Well, she's back in hospital. Back, oh, friend. back in hospital, yeah. okay. So anyway, let's remember Dorothy Walker, whether she's home or nurse, whatever, or hospital, so still remember her, so. Others? We mentioned already, he was talking about the resurrection being postponed. I saw, I guess, in this last edition of the Call magazine, I believe it said the attendance was down to about 4,000. About normal what it normally is. I know there was one church in Bristol, so they went on. They had cabins rented up in the uh, mountains. They got to their cabins, got snowbound in their cabin, and couldn't get to the site anyway. So they uh, they watch on they stream it every year on the the internet. So 
they had to watch it over the streaming on TV. So, but anyway, I don't know why they have that thing in this time of year anyway with the weather, the threatening weather. I mean, you know, you'd think that uh, they would uh, schedule it in a period in which the weather would not be as maybe threatening anyway. Uh, we hate that uh, the kids didn't get to go, and uh, I know they look forward to it, and it's a big thing for them, and certainly a, a good weekend for them, so sorry that they missed out on it, so are there others we need to... E. coli? Okay. Hadn't been to uh, Chipotle, had you? <laughs> I don't know if I'd want to eat one of those places or not. So. She's home, doing good. She went to the nursing home for about a week and a half and uh, for therapy, recuperating. So she went home uh, Wednesday, doing good. So so far, so good. So. Gail's working this weekend. So she... Others? Any unspoken requests? Let's go to the Lord. Heavenly Father, as we again assemble in your house today, we come to praise you and your Son, Jesus Christ, in the way that you are deserving, in the way that we wish to praise you and just say thank you for all the blessings, all of the goodness and joys that you have brought to each one of us. But also, Father, we come today with some burdens on our hearts. We have members of our family who are suffering illnesses and difficult times in their life, members of this church family who are unable to be with us due to health problems. Maybe work keeps them away, travel. Whatever, Father, the reason that they're unable to be in your house this morning, Father, we just lift them up and just pray for them and just ask that you would bless them as you have in the past. Continue to bless this church, this congregation as we reach out in this community and in our families to bring a better understanding of what you and your son stand for and what you mean to each one of us. You have been so good, have blessed us so richly. The Father, we're just overjoyed with the blessings that you have given to each one of us. Now may we, in like turn, show our thanks by serving you in a way that you would have us to go and as we confront the ones who are wandering still lost without your son, that we might be able to be the instrument, be the tool that would change their attitude, change their minds, give them a different outlook on life would bring them into a relationship with you and your son. So, Father, whatever and however you may be able to use us, we would just ask that you would 
lift us up and place us in that position. Equip us with the actions and words that might influence, that might have a bearing on someone's attitude that would change them. Father, we look forward to the different activities that we have planned here for this church and just ask that you would continue to bless each one of us as we go through each day serving and working for you and your kingdom here in this community and in our own family. Again, Father, we just say thank you today for saving us, preparing a home for us in heaven, and helping us each day as we walk through the struggles that we face that we know you're there holding our hand, walking side by side with us, and that there is nothing that we can't overcome, nothing we can't do, as long as we put our faith and trust in you and call upon your name each day to just lead and guide us. Father, these things we ask today in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. If our ushers will come forward at this time, we'll receive our morning tithes and offerings. <coughs> Father, today again we thank you for many, many joys and blessings. We look to you each day for the guidance that you would lead us through. And Father, we know that we can do anything that we desire as long as we put our faith and trust in you. So Father, as we receive this offering today, in your Son's name, we do so with the thankfulness for every blessing he has given to each one of us. Now may we, in this small way, help someone in need today that they might come to know that your son does love and care for them. As we receive this offering in your son's name, Father, we do so, giving him thanks for everything he has done for us. And in his precious holy name we pray today. Amen. <laughs>
Today I will read to you from the fifth chapter of Ephesians, verses 1 through 8. Ephesians chapter 5, starting with verse 1. Be ye therefore followers of God as dear children, and walk in love as Christ also hath loved us, and hath given himself for us an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling Savior. But fornication and all uncleanness or covetousness, let it not be once named among you as becometh saints. Neither filthiness, nor foolish talking, nor jesting, which are not convenient, but rather giving of thanks. For this ye know, that no whoremonger, no unclean person, no covetous man, who is an idolater, hath any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and of God. Let no man deceive you with vain words, for because of these things cometh the wrath of God upon the children of disobedience. Be not ye therefore partakers with them. For ye were sometimes darkness, but now are ye light in the, in the Lord. Walk as children of light. The word of God for the people of God. And may God add his blessing to the reading of his word. Uh, what Paul is telling us here, uh, or encouraging us to be, is to be an imitator. To pick someone and sort of emulate their living style, the things they believe in, the things that they are promoting. And I guess probably as each one of us, as we were a child, we had our own, if you want to call them heroes or people that we looked up to. Uh, I'm not sure really uh, who... Uh, you, as a young girl, your hero might have been, but I guess the boys, they had maybe a cowboy or someone like G.I. Joe or someone on this uh, level that they always looked up to and wanted to be like when they grew up. So you can say they were uh, copying someone that they had respect for, someone that they knew was leading the life the style that they needed or wanted to live. In fact, some of you might even have looked to your parents and wanted to be like your parents when you grew up. But anyway, whatever the situation might have been, we all went through that stage that we had someone that we sort of wanted to copy. We wanted to be, we wanted to be like they were. Uh, and that was in our younger years. Now, as we grow older, then we sort of, I guess, get away from that and uh, sort of go our own way. But anyway, Paul here again is telling us that if we want to copy someone, if we want to uh, be like someone, then Jesus Christ is the one we need to pattern our life after. We need to set our standards. We need to set our uh, level that we're aiming for, that we hope to achieve, we need to use the uh, basics, the uh, things that God would have us to do 
as we achieve step by step, as we walk or move up through our uh, adulthood and our life. So Jesus Christ should be our one we want to imitate or to be like. Uh, because verse 1 started out plainly saying that we are to be followers of Christ. We should be followers of Christ. Just as children of God, he is the backbone of our beliefs. He is the backbone of all of our principles, our values, the things that we stand for. We read there in verse 2, where it says that we are to walk in love just as Christ loved us. Well, we've said many, many times uh, from the pulpit here that if you wanted to spot or identify a certain thing that is uh, the theme of the New Testament, it would be love. How many times... The word love is mentioned or talked about in the New Testament. That's what, that's what Jesus came for. John 3.16 says it plain, uh, without any doubts, any questions, that God loved everybody. And he wants you to love just as he loved so that when your time here is over, you'll be able to move on up and spend eternity with him. So love, we're told there, is we are to walk in love with each other, our friends, our enemies, that sometimes it's hard to do. But we're told that we are to do it. It also said there in verse 2 that Christ was a sacrifice for each one of us. We know that when he went to the cross, he went as a sacrifice for the sins that I had committed and still commit from time to time. I'm not perfect. None of us are. We all were in the same boat. We were all sinners. Christ went to the cross for each one of us. Even today when we slip up, the fact that he went to the cross is still prevalent in our life, that he is there for us. So we are to make sacrifices to our fellow man. If Christ would sacrifice for us, then who are we to say that we shouldn't, in like turn, make sacrifices to our fellow man? If we want to be friends with people, if we want to have friends, the first thing we've got to do is to be a friend ourselves. We can't expect to have friends. We can't expect to have people to respect us, to look up to us, if we don't have the reciprocity to do the same to them to show them the same love, the same concern, the same attention that we would expect from them. So we are to walk in love. We are to uh, sacrifice to others, to help them out in their times of need. 
because that's exactly what Christ did for us when he went to the cross. He, he became our sacrifice. He did away. He became the uh, lambs. He, he became the turtle doves and everything that was sacrificed, the blood back of the animals that was sacrificed to that point. He became our sacrifice. And so we are to, and likewise, uh, show our thanks to him for what he did for us by the way we treat other people, the way we respond to their needs. Verse 3 tells us that immorality is a no-no. Now, immorality, you could say, is mighty ambiguous. It covers a wide area. It covers just about anything any sin that you can mention would be under the cover of an immorality, immoral attitude. We can't, we can't live for Jesus Christ if we are living an immoral lifestyle. If we're doing things that we know is wrong, if we're doing things that go against God's teachings, then we can't we can't say we're a Christian because we're deceiving ourselves. If we are willingly disobeying God's commandments, if we are willingly doing things that we know is against God's teachings, how can we call ourselves a Christian? And we see more and more the downward slope of all of our values, our principles, that things that we once believed in, but now it seems like we begin to question. We begin to question how important are they to us? Why do we have to do certain, certain things? Because God said so. God gave us a outline. God gave us a diagram of what the Christian life would consist of. What we need to do. What we are expected to do. If we're going to call ourselves a Christian. If we're going to go out here and try to win non-Christians over and bring them into the church, to bring them into the kingdom. We've got to be a good salesman. And if there are things in our life that we are ashamed of, if there are things in our life that we don't want people to know about, we're not going to be that salesman that we need to be. Why? Because sometime, somewhere, somehow, your past is going to catch up with you. You may think, you may think I've done a good job of hiding certain things that I've done that I don't want people to know about. Guess what? Sometime, 
that's going to come back and slap you in the face. So you've got to live the clean, moral life that can undergo the scrutiny and the examination, the testing. Because if you're trying to hide any one thing, it's going to come out. It's going to be known. And why would people trust you then? Why would people believe you then? If you're telling them not to do the things that you're doing, if the things that you're doing is wrong, how could you tell them that the things that they're doing are worse? So any immoral act, thoughts, and that covers many, many areas. The way that we today are living, we are seeing more and more people disrespecting God's word, people disrespecting the church, disrespecting the influence that the church has on everyday living. Everybody wanting to go their way, do things their way. That wasn't the way we were taught. That wasn't the way that we were brought up. But yet today, that's the way a lot of our young children are being brought up. They're not in church. They're not being taught. They're not receiving the teachings that you as a child. They're not being encouraged the way you were encouraged by your parents and grandparents and on down through the family. We're missing that today. And we can see the effect. We can see the effect it has on each one of us. We can see the effect it has on this nation of ours. It's just as if they threw everything out the back door and don't believe in anything. You've got to believe in something. The old saying, those who don't believe in anything, they will fall for anything. And we see that being true today. We see the rise of these cult religions, these new age religions. We see the Baptists, the Methodists, the Protestants, the Presbyterians. We see them going down. But yet we see the rise among the cults and the uh, New Age religions and those who are doing one thing. Basically, they're telling the people what they want to hear. <coughs> they're making the people feel good about themselves. Don't matter what you're doing. As long as you're satisfied, as long as you're happy... <coughs> You're okay, but you're not okay. Not in the eyes of God, you're, you're being condemned because you're falling away. We're in this period of apostasy that we see the church is to fall away in the latter days. We're seeing, we're seeing the influence of the church 
dwindled. Not having the impact that it once had. Verse 4 went on to say that any kind of filthiness, loose talk, has no place in our life, has no place in the way we live our lives, has no place of the things that we <coughs> teach other people. And today that is so common. Our talk and our speech, it should generate a desire for Jesus Christ to be a part of our life. But yet it's just like we're ashamed to mention God's name. We're ashamed to mention Jesus Christ as someone who uh, we know doesn't go to church. We know they have no place for God in their life. Why are we ashamed to mention to them? Why are we ashamed to approach them and ask them? Tell them what God has done for each one of us. But yes, as if we're ashamed to do that. Any foolishness, filthiness has no place for us. And I often think, I know you've probably encountered the same thing. When I worked at Dodge, uh, Shelton, Ron, no reflection on But someone would come up with all these dirty jokes they want to tell you. How do you react to that? Do you go along with them and participate with them or... Do you walk away and tell them that that has nothing, that has no place in your life? You don't, you don't want to hear. I don't want to hear it because I don't, I don't go that way. Too many people are willing to just stand and listen and participate and be a part of it. That's not what God wants of you. He wants you to reject, as it says, all foolish talk, filthiness. Reject it. It's not part of our life. I don't know. I remember, if any of you remember Charles Day, we call him Dago. You know, he was pastored over at St. Clair and different places. I remember a license plate he had on the front of his car or vehicle says, God's last name is not damn. Too many people today are using God's name in vain. I don't know. Sometimes I've heard people say, well, it's just uh, uh, an indication that their vocabulary is very limited. Some people think it makes them, you know, macho if they can hire me filthy, dirty words they can use in a sentence. Doesn't do anything for you. It doesn't enhance your standing or your belonging with a group or how they respect you. It should turn them against you. In all honesty, if you can't carry on a conversation without using God's name in vain, without cursing him and using it in any way possible, 
They should reject you. But they don't. They go along. They become a part of it. Again, God's word there says, has no part in our life. Should have no part in our life. Because verse 6, well 7, 5 and 7 tells us who is not going to be in the kingdom of heaven. It says whoremongers, unclean persons, anyone who is a covetous person, any idolaters. Of course, we could go on and on. God has no place for you in his kingdom if you're in this category. If you're not following his commandments, if you're not following his will, what does he say he's going to do? He will vomit you out. He will regurgitate you. I never knew you. Go and serve the one you served on earth. There's no place in my heaven for you. So we need to see where we stand. We need to determine just what kind of life are we living? What kind of life do we want to live? What kind of life does God offer us? And choose him. Select him to be our guide. To be the one that we want to walk hand in hand with. Each day of the week. When we raise up in the morning. And get out of that bed. The first thing we should do is. Grab hold of God's hand and say. What are we going to do today? Where are we going today? What can we do today? Notice I said what can, I always use the word we. Not what can I do, but God, what can we do? And that should be our attitude each morning when we rise till we go back to bed that night. It should be we, not I. And finally, the last verse that I read there said that we once walked in darkness, but now we are considered to be the light of the world, also the salt of the earth. And we are told that we are to walk, to walk in that lightness, to let that light shine wherever we go. Whatever we do, our goal should be to not spotlight us, not put the spotlight on us, but to do all we can to shine that light to Jesus Christ, to show others, to show others what we are doing, how we are living our life. Who is it that has the influence? Who is it that leads us? Who are we depending upon? Are we depending upon our own self? Or are we asking Jesus Christ to 
Walk those steps with us. Walk that pathway with us. So, as we sing our invitational hymn, we're, we're going to take a look at our own life, what we have done, what we are doing, what we want to accomplish. And dedicate our life to serving Jesus Christ so that we may in turn bring others to know the joy that Christ brings to each one of us. And if you're here today and you need to make a decision for whatever, maybe you've been contemplating place of membership in this church. Maybe you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Maybe you've been praying for a friend and you want to say one more prayer for a particular person. Whatever your needs may be, God is here today to answer your needs and to fulfill your life and make it what he desires it to be, what you desire it to be. If you will only let him in, let him lead and guide you. Christ is here today for you. If you have any need whatsoever, as we've seen, eighty-one. All three verses. You know, bring John forward here and let him.
Father, we gather here today as we come hearing that John has contacted diabetes type 1. Father, we know what a burden this not only places on him, but the family, his friends. And we know, Father, the difficult days ahead for him, especially at this young age. But, Father, we just call upon you today that you would, if it's your will, that you could touch John's body, remove from him this dreaded disease that affects him today. Father, we love you and we praise you today, and we know that you tell us that there is healing in prayer. So as we gather around you, John, as a church, we're just calling upon the name of Jesus Christ today as a church family to hear our prayers and to work his will upon you and your body. And if it is his will to take this diabetes from you. Father, we love you today. We praise you and we just thank you for this opportunity that we have to come and speak with you anytime, wherever and whatever our needs may be. So Father, we just today place John into your wheel and into your way and just ask that you would be with him each day. And may your will be done with him. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 What kind of uh, answer does this have to take? Um, he's taking Lantus take once night. a day. Uh, uh, no, I take my night time. He takes his first thing in the morning or after breakfast. And also Novolog. I was on that. They, they took me off the Novolog, put me on this Victosa. Oh, you must have an advertisement on TV. Mm -hmm. It's got a little... Where you dial up that's what we. That's what the Novolog is. Yeah, that watch with the Novolog. Yeah. Now the Lampus is a syringe. It's gonna be special in him at school. Yeah. Just have to work with. It. I guess most schools have nurses, don't they? Yeah. So I mean, they can just uh, yeah. until he gets up big enough to break it on his own. Anyway, I. Sorry to hear that when I read that Friday night on the... Uh, well, we should have called you, but everything happened so fast. When did you get sick of the schedule? Tuesday and Wednesday, we drank, like, extreme amounts. Yeah. And so Wednesday, when I picked him up from daycare, I called my brother-in-law, because he's a paramedic. He has a meter. Uh -huh. And I said, just check his blood sugar, because I know that... Excessive thirst is and his blood sugar was 565. 565. Yeah. I worked with a guy down at Dodge. He had a, a nine-year-old girl that, that I believe they call it adult diabetes or something. He said her sometimes is good than 900. That's, that's extremely yeah. dangerous. I'm, I've been on about Ten years of Noah, I'm not had even you know before this determined I had it. I've been taking well, I take two kinds of insulin plus a metformin pill. 
that's what I try to keep the band under control. The top on the middle part of the And of course, that's going to be his trouble. Yeah. Kathleen's going to be having all this jamming stuff. He's going to run. It's going to be rough on him for a while. We'll keep praying for him. He just, he just had the misfortune. I didn't, I didn't realize that type one diabetes, it's not like.